Welcome to the Revenue Builders Podcast with John McMahon and John Kaplan. This podcast is brought to you by Force Management. Force's solutions help companies, small teams, and individuals accelerate sales performance. Be sure to check out their new online platform, Ascender. Today, we bring you a conversation on leadership transitions and moving into the CRO role. John Kaplan and John McMahon sit down with Kelly Connery. Kelly is a veteran software executive investor. He's led sales at several companies, scaled them to acquisition. He started selling CAD software in Arkansas and held a variety of leadership positions afterwards, including a VP of sales at BMC Software, a CRO at Bizarre Voice. Right now, he's currently president at OE Connection. John McMahon starts this episode talking about making the shift into leadership. Is when you move to manager, you have to decide that it's not about you. You have to because when it, when you're a single contributor or individual contributor, it's all about you. When you get up, when you go to bed, what do you do on the weekends? What yeah. accounts you call on? All that stuff. It's almost like when you're single, and you get married and you have kids, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, <laughs> it's not about me anymore. It's about yeah. when the kids get up, when they go to bed, what they want to eat, what their sports are, and everything. So you have to move from being selfish to being selfless. Right. And you have to understand and try to get the team to understand. It's not about me. It's not about certain individuals. It's all about the team. And the more that as a leader, you can be selfless. And the more that you can get everybody on the team to understand it's not about them. It's about the team. Um, The better leader you're going to be in the, and the better team you're going to have, it's going to go pretty far. And I think some people's, DNA make them naturally better at that. Like, I think I was, I was a good rep. I don't know if I was the best rep. I was good, but I really found my passion and like my calling, whatever you want. As I moved into coaching people, like I, I couldn't work enough. I just loved, I could spend, I remember reps telling me, you know, you can spend hours with total attention on a whiteboard or an org chart. Like that's, that, that spoke volumes. And so I think there's part of that is you got to enjoy easily, you know, making the the team first. Well, I have a theory about that, Kelly. I think that JD Burkhart was uh, on one of our original podcasts and he's a, um, he was a seller under John and then he became a division one football coach. And, and he talked about some of the greatest coaches that, he saw were like the walk-ons, the um, people that weren't the superstars. <clears throat> it really, it really falls in line with what you're saying. And how I've uh, really thought about that is I think when you're in that situation, <clears throat> you have to be aware of what the fundamentals are. Because when you see somebody, this happened to me when I went to Boise State and I watched a guy named John Rady who went on to play 15 years in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm I'm looking at him and I'm like, OK, I'm I'm never going to be this dude. Um, and I was able to really understand watching him. I was able to understand the fundamentals. And I think people that do that, who understand the fundamentals, they're more in tune with that. They have a better capability later on of being able to coach to that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they had off the chart performance on the fundamentals when they were an individual contributor. It's really, really interesting to me. So when I'm interviewing people, I'm always I really go back to the fundamentals. And if people are emotionally connected to fundamentals, they're typically going to be a really good coach. They're going to be a good leader. 
But if they're not emotionally connected to the fundamentals, they're going to struggle. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, everybody believes they can do the CRO job, right? Everybody <laughs> wants that title. Everybody wants to be the person. And then they get in that job and they get slapped with reality of what that job really entails, especially if you have reps that are spread across different countries, like in Europe and Asia. What did you need to learn about moving into the CRO role? And what advice could you give to our audience about the realities of moving from any type of line manager into the CRO responsibility? Yeah. Um, great question. I, I, spend a lot of time now with people who are moving into the role for the first time or they're trying to get it. First of all, my first advice I give them all <clears throat> from scar tissue I've had from times where it was not just challenges. There's always challenges in the job, but where it was bad times <laughs> um, is really look for alignment. Like at that level, you're generally meeting with the board or the investors if you're not, that should be a red flag. If you're truly at a CRO position, you're meeting with a management team, try and look for consistency of what, where they are in the product market fit in the scale up, go fast versus address a growth challenge. What is their, what is their growth thesis? Where are they? And are you getting alignment? Because for me, what I say is, look, there's lots of other things, but challenges will come you have to know that the leadership team and the board and the investors are aligned or it's going to be difficult because I, my worst times have been when that's occurred after that, you know, I think um, the job of the CRO today is so much more rewarding because it entails so much more. Like when you first did it, you, you know, you went uphill both ways in the snow and all of that. Like it's, it's different now. Um, you got to be in some ways a CIO because there's so many great technologies out there to help you to do it better. You have to be good at cross-functionally leading, whether you own marketing as a CRO and, and revenue retention and it's with sales or products or you own just sales. No matter whether you have them, authoritarian or non-authoritarian leadership, those connectivity will set you up for success. And then the one you mentioned, which was a struggle for me being a, a Texan and an American, you don't know the blind spots you have to what it's like to be in Germany or in Amsterdam or Japan or wherever. Um, and, and it's different. And so I also tell CROs is you, it, it's amazing if you can get to a position where you have teams across the globe, that's a great position to be in, but you got to go spend time in the field to see from their perspective, how things are coming across, even when calls are scheduled, right? It's like little things that make it immensely frustrating for your teams. And it's key as a CRO to have the hearts and minds and understand what they need in all parts of the world. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of people that are whispering in your ear also as to what they think you ought to do. A lot of times it's for their best interest. So Talk a little bit about, you know, you have to make a decision, get all these people whispering in your ear and the buck stops with you. You got to make a decision. Can you talk a little bit about that? As CRO? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, let me go to one of the more challenging times. And, and I, I would say it was a bad time for me, not because we're having a business challenge. You're going to have those. 
like just expect them. And those are great opportunities to learn. Um, it's when you get into those and you have misalignment, right? You have, um, there's a book great by choice and they talk about bets, cannonballs, bullets and cannonballs and cannonballs. It's a big bet. And it's either going to be a big miss or a big return where bullets are more calculated. You hit your target, you build upon it. And ideally it grows to be a cannonball. And I was in a situation where we had some investors that wanted to go to this big bet and the management team. And then you had other investors that wanted to go, you know, bullet size and there was a debate. And so you're going cannonball, big bet. It's been agreed but you have others that want to not deploy the resources to do it. So you're in a no-win situation. And, and so in, in that one, my only choice was to bring it to the leadership and the board and push it for alignment because you can out of fear and, and a bias for action just to go on knowing that you're in a bad situation. And in that one, I just brought it back and we, we resolved it. But there's, there's many of those. I think the key is knowing or doing as much as you can before you go into an opportunity, knowing that the leadership team and the board are very open. They address problems and opportunities that come up. They are aligned to what they're trying to achieve. Um, and even gets into understanding what type of investors you have, because that can be very informative on how they deal with bets and investments and challenges in the business. There's more insight on managing both that PE and VC investor in the full episode with Kelly Connery, John McCaplin, and John McMahon. Check it out in the show notes. Make it a great week.